we'll be in First Peter chapter 3 this morning. And as you guys are turning there, I want you guys to just think of a campfire. It's, you're out in the woods, it's cold at night, and uh, there's a big bonfire just kind of almost roaring with laughter as it's crackling, making music as it's burning. And it's bringing warmth and light to everything around it and kind of this eerie, cold, dark night. And, and everyone around it is, is blessed by the fire. They're either singing or maybe dancing or just telling stories or in fellowship or sharing a meal. Um, and, and the purpose of that fire is to bring light and warmth and kind of the more logs you have on it, and it's not just this little log, but you at least have two or three, the better the better fire it is. And then it's, it's like powered by the wind and you kind of set it up so it has good airflow. And kind of as we go on today, I want you guys to kind of remember that image in your mind because what we're going to look at is kind of how that illustrates what the Christian life is like, that, that we are kind of logs in this fire. So we'll be in First Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you are called, that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you that we can gather together and read your word with one another. God, we ask that your spirit would use it to bring life to our hearts, that we'd be renewed, and that you would continue to work in us and change us from one degree of glory to another into the image of your Son. God, as, as we read and talk about this text, that we just ask that your, your spirit would bring illumination and, and light in our minds and that, it would, that we can delight in it and it bring us joy. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So, past month and then a couple other weeks here and there, we've been going through First Peter and kind of as a reminder of just kind of the summary statement of First Peter that we have is Christians are by grace one, chosen by the Father, set apart from the world through the work of the Spirit, and members of the new covenant in Jesus Christ. Then from that, the letter calls us to live out our new identity with hope and joy, standing firm in faith and holiness amidst suffering and pointing others in love to Christ through both our words and our good deeds. And last week, uh, kind of, Peter turned to, all right, this is how we live our lives, in, especially in light of our most visible relationships to outsiders. That as we live as sojourners or exiles here in this world, this, this fallen world that's full of sin and is 
against us, that here's how we live in kind of submission and honor to the state and our work and in our marriages. Now, today, he's turning from those now to not just those kind of particular situations, but to all believers in all times, how we are to live and what's supposed to characterize our our innermost beings, our hearts, because he starts off with kind of these characteristics that we're going to go through, these inner qualities of the Christian, our inner virtues. So there's five of them here. There's unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, and a humble mind. And so when we look at that first one of unity of mind or like a like mindset, it's not talking about that we're going to be similar in all of our different tastes or preferences or what we do for fun. And it's not even talking about just kind of tertiary beliefs, like how old is the earth? Um, What does it look like exactly when Christ returns? Um, Or even it's not like-mindedness in how we're individually gifted and how we work out that gift to serve the church and serve others. Uh, But What it's talking about is kind of the foundation of our faith, that what we hold true is the gospel, is Christ, Um, that the core values of our faith, that those are similar. And and because we're united in that through the Spirit, that we're also united in purpose and mission, that, that it may look different for each of us, but we're all working together to make disciples through the gospel and to do good and serve others around us. And then the second one of sympathy, it's literally feeling what others feel. Um, It's rejoicing with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep. It's related to actually having a connectedness with one another, that that we go through life with them, feeling everything they feel alongside them, going through both the highs and lows of life together. Then it's brotherly love, that, that... our love for one another, it's, we're family. We're, we've all been adopted and chosen by the Father, and now we're sons and daughters of, of the King. And so because we're family, that we have this brotherly love that we highly value one another. Um, and then this tender heart, or literally, it's kind of like this deep from the bowels goodness uh, the word there has to do with kind of our guts or our stomach, um, that deep from within us we have this gentleness, this kindness and goodness and caring for others. Then it talks about a humble mind or humble mindset that, like if we think of Philippians, for example, where Paul gives this example of Christ and how that should lead us to be humble as well, that, that Christ gave up everything for us and died on a cross that we should, like him, count others as more important than ourselves, count others' preferences above our own. But when we think about these inner qualities, like these have to do with our very soul, our, our heart and our mind. It's not things we do, it's within us. It's our mind, our unity of mind, humble mind, our thinking of each other as family. Or it's our heart, uh, sympathy, feeling what others are feeling, or love for one another, or tenderness and gentleness. And so it's not just something that we can change 
how we act, how we behave, because it's, it's coming from inside us. And so the question then we have to ask is, how do we actually change our soul? How, how do we become like this? Because naturally, we're not like this. Naturally, we're, we're prideful. We think of ourselves first. We want to serve ourselves, serve our own needs above others. And so the, the answer there, of course, is it's through the Spirit. That, that when we place our faith in Christ, that the Spirit comes in and transforms our hearts, that he gives us a heart of flesh instead of a heart of stone, that we're made a new creation, that in God's sovereignty, he, he brings us to life, as we sang earlier, that, that we are now alive and no longer dead. And that same Spirit, then, is what sustains us, it empowers us, um, that just as God begins a new and initial work in our hearts, that, that it's the Spirit that constantly points us again and again back to Christ. And so if we think back to the analogy of if, if we're a log on a campfire, that eventually, over time, that's going to reveal whether our hearts actually been changed, that over time, are we actually this log giving life and warmth to others, or are we just a stone that someone glued a bunch of bark on that just kind of goes up in flames and then it's nothing? Um, because the, these are characteristics of the new birth, that, that to actually have these in our heart it's only possible through the working of the Spirit. And, and that Spirit that sustains us, if imagining, again, that, that campfire, that it's, it's the oxygen, the air, the breath, the wind, because literally the Spirit is breath or wind, um, that if we kind of block out all the air, that, that fire suffocates and it dies, or that, that we're called not to quench the Spirit, but instead to keep in step with him, and ship aside any, any barriers, any sin that blocks us from actually walking with him. And what this inner characteristics, these inner virtues then do is it leads us into blessing others. Because that's kind of the main point of this text today is that we are called to bless others. So right after that, it goes into kind of these Commands not to repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but instead to, to bless. And when we think of the word bless, uh, like it can literally mean just speaking well of others or giving honor to others, but also um, like it means doing good for others, serving one another, um, finding ways that we can support one another. And it's not just us, it's not just serving and blessing one another in the church, but it's blessing even, even our enemies, those that revile us, those that slander us, call us names, speak evil of us. Um, and when we experience that, that, we have this temptation then to just revile in return, uh, to return vitriol for vitriol and be deceitful in return, slander in return, spread rumors, or even fight back. Um, but Christ calls us to something greater, to something better. 
that when we think of Jesus and even the very crucifixion and the passion that, that he was tortured, he was mocked, he was beaten, that in return he didn't speak evil against others. Instead, he, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he did that for us. That, that if we think of Romans 5.8, for instance, that, that God shows his love for, for us in this, that even when we were still sinners or later on it says enemies, that Christ died for us. That we who rebelled and said we wanted to be kings and rulers of our own lives instead of the king of kings, that king and lays his life down for us. And so we're called to, to follow after him in that, that, that those around us, that we, no matter what they think of us, how they treat us, that we're called to bless them in return. But especially so within, within the church, with our brothers and sisters, because we're all still sinners. We all still hurt one another. We all still make mistakes that we're called to still bless and forbear with one another, to, to correct each other, but in gentleness, and to point at each other again and again back to Christ. And notice here, there's, there's a reward for this. That It talks about that if we do this, we obtain or inherit a blessing. And this isn't talking about a salvific blessing or salvation itself, because we know that's, that's unmerited, that's just out of God's mercy and grace. But now this is talking about when the master calls his faithful servants back to him and says, well done, child. And he, he lifts us up and gives us crowns and honor. Uh, and if we think back to when Jesus says to not store up treasures here on earth, but in, in heaven where robber can't steal or destroy and moth can't eat. This reward, this blessing is a heavenly blessing. And, and it's because of what Christ has done for us that we can have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And so we're called that, to, to bless and that, over, that kind of overflows from these inner qualities of the new birth, of the new creation, of the new humanity. And and as we bless others, kind of we look towards this constant grace ahead, this constant blessing ahead, that that's our motivation, that we'll be rewarded for it. Um, but notice here, there's also a warning at the end of this, that the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That, that when we think of reviling return, like God calls that evil because it, it doesn't reflect his character and God is good. So anything that doesn't reflect him is evil. That God's character, his, his loving kindness, Romans 2 says that, is meant to lead us back to him, lead us to repentance, his long-suffering patience. If we think back to Moses, uh, the people are grumbling and complaining and rebellious. And in his anger, he hits this rock twice. And because he doesn't reflect God, he doesn't get to go into the promised land. Instead, he 
like most of the older generation, has to wander through the wilderness and, and die. That God takes seriously his, his name, his image, how we reflect him. And so that's kind of the, the danger of the nature of sin is that when we do whatever's right in our own eyes, that that, that leads to death. That because it doesn't reflect God, it, it's evil. And because he's just, he has to do away with it. And this warning here, I want us to just kind of sit in that for a moment. That the God of the universe, the God who knows all things, made all things, is always present, is, can be against those who do evil. Now, now that's, a, that's a great encouragement for, for those of us that kind of are in Christ and knowing that when those around us do evil to us, that, that we don't need to revile in return because God is just. He will deal with it. He will be the avenger. But it's also kind of nerve-wracking. It's kind of wrestling with the reality of our sin that it's heavy. And what Christ did for us is he paid this heavy, heavy cost for us. But at the same time, that God is also, he's loving, uh, that his ears are open to our prayers, that, that he's this loving father that brings us back. Um, turn with me to Zephaniah chapter 3. So God is speaking through his prophet to his people after they've been put into exile because of their sin. But he doesn't leave them. He isn't forsaking his covenant with them. Instead, he's using this to discipline them and to bring them back. And starting in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16. On that day, when, when he brings them back, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion, let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival, so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. That time I will bring you in at the time when I gather you together. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. That the nature of God as this loving father that kind of holds us together, that sings over us, that rejoices in us and then lifts us up before all peoples to result in praise and honor, that that's the nature of our Father. That if, and because he's loving, he's also, he, he disciplines his children. He doesn't want them to, to stray, to do harm to themselves. Instead, he, he disciplines us and leads us back to him. And sometimes it means letting us wallow in the mud for a while until we realize that, that following our own way doesn't bring us joy. Instead, it robs us from joy. 
If we think back to that, that campfire if, and we can imagine a log saying, ah, I don't want to be here and kind of walking off. Eventually, maybe it's laying in the ground kind of, oh, yes, I'm seeking my own comfort in this, this bed of grass. But eventually, because it's, it's disconnected from the rest of it, it's, its fire starts to dim. That it's, it's this roaring joy starts to fade. And when, we, when we're in that state and when we, we turn to our father, he, if we think back to that parable of the prodigal son, he, he runs to us, he hugs us, he kisses us, he picks us up and brings us home and leads us to this feast. Um, that he, he brings us back to, to our string when we're prone to wander back to the fire of life. Back to this, this community of being around others. Because we, we can't do this Christian life, this Christian race on our own by ourselves. When we think back to, at the start of this, these inner virtues, uh, these are kind of, they're strengthened by being with one another. We can't be in union of mind if there's no one to be united with. We can't feel others' pain and joy if we're disconnected. We can't have brotherly love if we're not around our brothers and sisters. And that means being disconnected from the very fuel that, that leads us to bless others. And when we're just a log alone, it's, the fire's weak. But when we're, we're together, when we're with one another, uh, kind of the Bible talks about uh, like a, a two cord is better than one and then a, a three-way cord is even stronger that 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 it's not good for man to be alone but we're called to be with one another in community with one another and when we go back to this when we go back to the very identity we have in Christ it, it leads us, it renews us, and it brings us back to him. That we need to be constantly preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ to ourselves each and every day, but also to each other. Because we need those around us to encourage us, to edify us, and to strengthen us. And if we can imagine this, this little campfire being, being a church, a, a group of believers united with one another and through the Spirit uh, to love one another, to hold true to the gospel of, of this flame that burns within them. And they're called to bring this warmth and light to others. But at times when, when kind of the storms of life come and the wind rages and kind of knocks us apart and we become soaked with rain and are shivering and cold, that the master comes, comes to us in and, and our suffering and he brings us back to the fire. And if we think about our church, that in many ways we've faced many storms and kind of at the end of this, God is bringing us to, to another fire. Oh whether that's connection or somewhere else. And there's going to be pain in the transition because we're moving from something that's familiar and known. Um, but here, here, we'll, we'll rest. We'll be dried out and renewed and healed 
so that we can again join in with the rest of the logs and burn with this mission, this fire to, to take our flame and to ignite the world around us for his name, for the sake of our God. And so this big idea of being called to being a blessing, it's very key to, to how we live our life, that, that each day we should be thinking about how can I be a blessing to others? How can I be a light in this dark world? How can I serve one another? Whether that's maybe making a meal for a neighbor or mowing someone's lawn or shoveling their driveway when the snow comes or sitting with them after they go through a loss and showing them that we care for them, we love them because Christ loved us. And so we be Christ's very hands and feet to others around us. And this goes back to, back to Abraham, that Abraham, one of the promises he was given, that his family would be a blessing to the nations, that we are now grafted into the tribe of Israel and are also heirs of, according to that promise, that through us the world will be blessed that through believers, God is working to renew this broken and fallen world. And so when we think about this, this log or this campfire, that together we're stronger, that we're better together in this Christian community, that we can lean on one another when the wind blows and instead the, our letting the air flow because we're empowered by the Spirit that makes us new, that renews us, that sustains the fire. And we give light and warmth the darkness around us. That, that is what we're called to. We're called to this mission of blessing others by pointing others to Christ, by speaking words of truth and love. That, that we are more sinful than we'd ever known, but we are more loved than we'd ever dare believe. So let's turn to one more spot in scripture. Uh, Let's turn to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6 where he says something similar. We're going to be in Luke 6 verses 20 to 36. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. 
And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good. And lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you'll be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. And so, Peter is kind of taking these words of Jesus and applying them to these people that are far from home, that have been scattered throughout the empire, that they're now exiles, both literally and metaphorically, that that we too are the same, that we've been Christians, have been scattered throughout the world and are now exiles because we're living in a place that is not our ultimate, not our true home. But because we've been chosen by the Father, we've been adopted into his family, we've been set apart and sanctified and consecrated by the Spirit, made holy, taken from the world to be his very own, his very people, and united to him through the covenant of Jesus Christ. That that is our new identity. And Peter then calls us out to, to live out that identity. That when we've been made new, when the Spirit has gone inside us and given us a new heart, that then we're called to bless others the same way Christ blessed us. That even when we were far from him, when we were wandering, going our own way, spitting at his face and cursing his name, that he laid his life down for us. That even when others revile us, speak evil of us, that we too are called to do the same, to bless others, to love one another. So let's pray. Because without the Spirit, that's, that's impossible. We can't do that by our own sheer will. God, we ask for you to continually renew us. Make us new. Wash us in the blood of Christ. Raise us again and again to new life, just as you raised Christ to life. God, we, we ask for your spirit to fill us, to shape us, to change our sinful desires into godly desires. God, help us to be bold and courageous, to, to stand up, and be unafraid to speak about you, to fear you above all else, to to honor and show reverence to you. God, we ask that that you would continually to shape our hearts, make us new, give us all these virtues of being united in mind with one another, of being sympathetic and being full of love for one another, being tender and gentle, and lowly, and humble to one another. And God, we ask that that would so characterize our life that, that even to those that are around us that aren't our brothers and sisters, that we would love them even as they mock us. So God, we ask that with everything we do and everything we say, you would help us to be lights to the world, to be lights in the darkness, to be a fire of warmth and comfort to those around us because you've 
saved us. You've made us new. You've given us what we do not deserve. So God, we pray all these things in Jesus' name because without him, we'd be lost. In your son's name we pray. Amen.